0: And three, two, and one. In my own words, the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, hottest show on the streets, best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information. I'm yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. I got my good friend Brent Beard on. Brent Beard, who is a college football analyst for First Coast News, Uh part of the ABC and NBC stations is his a handle on Twitter at Brent Beard. He is also a Heisman Trophy voter. Brent, how's it going down there in the sunshine state of Florida?
1: Well, in Jacksonville, Stephen, right now we're doing okay. We're having increased uh, cases, but we're also doing increased testing and um, the, uh, um we've had a a cooler last two or three days which has been wonderful frankly but uh we've got the word from the governor and from the mayor to basically stay at home and i think that's what a lot of the folks are doing but like everyone else even we are uh hopefully prayerfully going to have football coming up in a few weeks
0: now that's the thought that everybody has right now Brent. As everybody practicing social distancing. I remember Coach Saban on Thursday had his teleconference talking to reporters, and Saban even talked about how the whole global crisis of the coronavirus has impacted his daily schedule. Now, he's still being able to meet with uh, the coaching staff and players via these virtual apps. You have team meetings, you have coaches' meetings, but nothing like the usual schedule that Alabama was going to have, at spring practice and things of that nature, but no longer in the case right now, seeing what the uh, coronavirus has done. But you brought up people are very hopeful and prayerful for a football season. And I, for one am a uh, advocate of, you don't really know how much you are invested in something until it's taken away from you, until you don't have it. And uh, there have been, some different things I have heard from either the football season, maybe getting pushed back to late September, early October, to even the thoughts of maybe having an abbreviated football season. But in your mind, Brent, do you see us getting back or do you see football getting back on the gridiron for this fall? And if so, in what type of capacity could the powers that be take it in college football?
1: Stephen, I think we'll play ball. The issue is I think it could very well be uh, different and modified from what we have seen before. I know the uh, th- there was a story last weekend that came up about maybe starting in July uh, playing games, but I think most of your um, dependable – National writers like Bruce Feldman have mentioned that they uh, have talked to some power brokers and that that idea of playing that early would not work. Now, I think what we're hearing, and probably similar to you, everything's on the table. Everything meaning we could start on time or we could start in October. We could start even in January, which is mind-boggling to some degree. Uh, Or um, if we start, are we going to have fans in the stands? And if we start, uh, would it be the whole schedule or just the conference schedule? So, uh, But but, uh, there's so much at stake in playing because – the college world and athletics, Stephen, does not need to go through missing the NCAA tournament, which basically brings out a billion dollars, and then to lose the football season. I don't know if there would be some school, Stephen, do you, that that, that would survive that. I, I think that is why, among many reasons why, we've, we've got to have a season that could cut sports or maybe even drop down to a non-scholarship level at some point. So I think there's a determination that we will have it in what form or fashion is really up in the air.
0: Absolutely, because you you bring up a good point there, Brent, about how uh, there are a lot of schools that, smaller schools, that really don't have the, the funds to compete with some of the big power schools in college football. So they need this season to keep the funds, keep the books if they don't have this season then you look at how much bankruptcy could they go through seeing how even though we enjoy basketball, we enjoy baseball among other sports, football is king, especially in the South and when you don't have that season, when these guys are not on the field, it takes away a big chunk uh, of your infrastructure.
1: Well, it does and I think To go along with that, the question would be how much time do these players need to get ready? Uh, Nick Saban mentioned on Thursday that uh, if they could get a couple of weeks in before uh, they begin fall camp, that that would really be helpful. Um, What a... (laughs) Brilliant idea by Saban and the strength and conditioning coaches to have these apps on the players' Apple Watches, where they can keep up with each other. Now we have seen several different people: Ross sport one of the ADs in the SEC, says that the next 30, to 45 days are very critical. Steve Adazio at Colorado State has said recently. That, if they could start on time, he thinks that would give the twenty nine practices in order for the players to be ready. I think another part of this too, Pete Thamel had an interesting article that came out uh recently in the last couple of days that he talked to some different athletic directors, and they told him that the number one aspect was, can the students be back uh on campus? If they can be, which means you're having classes, obviously, that that would be um, a a big uh, kind of bridge to the gap of getting this thing back together. So uh, right now, uh, so many things at stake, so many things up in the air uh, still. But it it is fascinating uh, to kind of see what is being planned for at this point.
0: Absolutely, and. Uh... One of the crazy things here, Brent, is not just in terms of getting the guys back on campus, but I look at I look at the true freshmen. I feel like true freshmen are the m- main people being impacted by this due to uh, in the spring, uh, this would be their time to kind of show the, the coaches, their teammates, def- definitely the fans that they can play college football, that they can play at this level. So now – Without having that, it kind of give, it kind of puts them a step back to where, yes, you will have fall camp in some, in some area of fall camp. But in terms of having that, that ability to be on the campus early, to already be involved in the system, in the playbook, and then get a chance to get on the field and do some things, they, w- they would not have that in terms of spring. So it's going to be interesting to see how many freshmen per each university will be able to step up.
1: Well, and, and that that's a real issue that I don't think people have thought that m- more, much about to some degree because the freshmen they have not been in the program. They that there are a lot of things right now that, that they are missing, and the problem is, uh, and it's not just what they learn from the strength and conditioning coaches; it's the nutrition um it's also being able to get some of their classes out of the way and get acclimated to the academic end of it that will be important too, so, um, and and look, even with these kids at home, Stephen, as you know, they don't even have access to their high school campuses, because those are closed, they don't have access to the high school weight room, so, and the the reality is some of these uh, students uh, from some of the 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 poor families, or maybe the families where the parents have lost the lost their jobs. Uh, in the meantime, uh, they may not be getting uh, hardly much, <laughs> any food to eat at all. So I, I mean, without uh, without being over dramatic about it, I, I think the reality is uh, that these are things that. Uh, and I agree with you, have really put these players behind, uh, especially for these incoming freshmen.
0: Now, the biggest thing I kind of want to jump into, Brent, about this before we switch gears a little bit is in having a season, I know a lot of coaches would like to uh, institute new plays, new schemes, new formations, but and possibly not getting – the proper amount of time to create new things or throw new styles into the playbook. How much would it be on the savvy elite veteran coaches to maybe brush up on things that they haven't really done in the past and make sure that they be able to hone those, hone those in. How, how much will ball control, as I'm trying to say how much will ball control and balance play a role in this upcoming season in the, in the event that you may not be able to add anything new to your system?
1: Uh, well, let's take Georgia, for instance. Uh, they've got a huge game with Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Now what you've got now is obviously Kirby Smart uh, in his staff or there. Uh, it's not a new staff totally like you'd have with Florida State and Mike Norvell. But here's the thing with Georgia. George is bringing in Jamie Newman, who is a transfer from Wake Forest. Uh, he's your new quarterback. He's a good quarterback. But he, he's not, he's going to be limited in the time that he's got to go with his receivers. Now you've got the, George's offensive line that went from Sam Pittman to Matt Luke as the offensive line coach. As you know, a lot of those kids are being drafted, so uh, they're having to rebuild the offensive line uh, to a degree, also, and then you've got uh, the the time with the skill position players. That a lot of that obviously is uh, timing, and then you've got. Uh, and people may remember this in the SEC championship game. Georgia's wide receiver by the name of Blaylock blew his knee out, uh, and he had surgery. Now he's back running a little bit, uh, in back catching a little bit, along that time Dominic Blaylocks, who we're talking about, uh so uh for and then Georgia has a new offensive coordinator in Todd Muntkin. So if you put all that together Uh, For a team like Georgia, missing spring is going to hurt them. They need some time to be able to do that. Now, on the the other side of the ball, Georgia's defense returns almost intact. And they've got like 13 players who have had – over 150 plays or more from last year. So they're going to have to rely on that defense. But, Stephen, can you see the problems that Georgia may have uh, with all these uh, nuances, uh, particularly on offense, uh, that they just need time to be able to work together?
0: They do, and, and and they will. And we're live here, folks, with Brent Beard. Who covers? Who is the college football analyst for First Coast News, the ABC and NBC stations? Brent Beard on Twitter at Brent Beard. He's also a Heisman Trophy voter. Joining me live here, or in my own words, switching gears here, Brent. One of the guys that you cover in this in the 2020 recruiting cycle, a young man that is now at the University of Alabama. It's one Timothy Smith on the defensive line. He played at Sebastian River High School down there in Florida. Now, I remember a while back when I spoke to you, you said a lot of people may compare different guys to Quentin Williams. But when you watch Tim Smith play, his first step is just like what Quentin Williams had during his time at the university. When you watched Smith play, what stood out to you immediately watching this man on the field in terms of his size, his technique, his motor, the things that he brings to the table?
1: Well, uh, first of all, being 6'4", 320, uh, and, and he may be very much bigger than that, uh by the time he steps on the field, uh, that that would be interesting to see how they work that situation. Uh, his size and his speed and quickness just get your attention almost immediately. I know Florida really wanted him very badly for their defensive line Um, uh, uh, signatures and they did not get him Um, well received uh, 24-7 he's number 85 pick he's a 4 star and and Stephen I'll be honest with you I don't know why he's not a 5 star to to tell you the truth Uh, but at this point he is such a wrecking ball uh, as far as trying to be blocked he had such a size advantage uh, when you watch the film on him or on the other kids uh, that he's got. But the thing that impresses you about him, it has to when you watch him, is how quickly he gets the ball. I, I mean, Stephen, there were some plays. I'm not so sure that, that he wasn't at the running back uh, before he even got the ball from the quarterback. Uh, he was almost impossible to block. Uh, you mentioned the first step. I'll talk about the athleticism and what impressed me, too, uh, with that. So um, I Quentin Williams is a great comparison uh, because this is a guy, it, Stephen, it's very obvious, is it not? When he's on the field, uh, you cannot ignore him. They, you, you, He may end up taking double teams, throughout the year, which would be huge for his defensive line teammates in the linebackers in order to free them up.
0: Tim Smith, uh, Tim Smith is a very, very intriguing uh, player on the field. I got a chance, Brent, to watch his tape myself, and you're absolutely right. Just that ability to see where the football is, attack where the play is, and make those types of plays. I believe I was watching – one segment of tape or one series of tapes on him and uh, I think he forced like nine fumbles. And I'm sitting here looking like, are you absolutely kidding me? This man is getting back here every single time, knifing himself, slipping his way into the backfield and just wrecking havoc on everybody. So I'm very excited to see what Smith does this football season. But jumping from him to another florida native a native of jacksonville florida and that being one mac jones and uh, this is somebody of whom uh, i'm not saying that people don't like him in terms of the alabama fan base but there is something that's keeping a lot of fans from uh, wholeheartedly believing or wholeheartedly trusting in uh, jones because uh, you bring his name up in conversations they go well he's good well, he's decent, but I'm not gonna say he's a championship caliber quarterback. And this is the same young man that filled in admirably when Tuatanka vanoa got hurt, the same guy that put up forty point forty plus points against Arkansas, forty plus against Auburn, almost forty points against Michigan. So he can get the job done. The offensive philosophy did not change with Mac Jones in there. When you watched him in high school, Brent, and when you watch him now in college at Alabama, I don't quite get it. But you speak to this: what is causing people to not, I guess, go all in on this young man? And what do you see that's very, very special about him?
1: Well, uh, I think the biggest problem that Mack has had is uh, he he will be constantly compared to Tua. Well, the reality is, Tua's once in a generation quarterback. His unbelievable accuracy, and really no one's going to compare it to Tua. But in his own right, Max done a really good job um, at Alabama. Uh, the and and a lot of that came from his time down here in Jacksonville, at the bowl school, with the legendary coach Corky Rogers, who unfortunately. Just died a few weeks ago, uh, and he uh, played on championship teams or teams that certainly went deep in the playoffs. He was, um, I think, more than a game manager at uh, at bowls. He certainly made some plays, but he played. I think what Mac does well, among many things, is he plays within the system. Uh, he doesn't try to do more than. Uh, he's capable of doing. Now, we uh, on First Coast News a few weeks ago. Uh, we did uh, before the combines um, it's a special on some of the local players. Uh, that, that was my role, and I talked to a couple of NFL beat writers, and what they told me was uh, they they said now the. It, 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 they said, now this is almost amusing. You've got a guy who uh, some people think they won't even win the starting job uh, for next season, but uh, still, if he does and if he has a um, solid year at, at Alabama, that they were convinced, and, and these two guys I respect very much, and you know their stuff, They were convinced that if Mac had a solid year at Alabama, if he wanted to, uh, that he would get an invite to the combine uh, because he's he's got a stronger arm than people give him credit for. Uh, He is uh, accurate. He makes good decisions. Now look, we all know the the Auburn uh, the two pick sixes. Um, but in 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 a lot of that was not on Mac either, or, or some of it wasn't, uh, particularly the long touchdown at the uh, when Bama was well, on the Auburn goal line. Uh, but they were not hesitant to say that that Mac would have the intangibles that would impress scouts. And look, well, we're not worried about his NFL career. We're just concerned about what's going on. But I make that point to let people know that if the NFL folks who cover that league for a living have been impressed with what he does on a game-by-game basis, it really lets you know the potential that Mack has got, Stephen, to to, to really uh, direct this Alabama offense this coming season and maybe the one after that
0: got a couple of more here for you, Brent, as we're joined live by Brent Baird, who's a college football analyst for First Coast News, part of the ABC and NBC stations, at Brent Baird on Twitter. He's also a Heisman Trophy voter, and graciously joining me live on In My Own Words, the podcast. Now, Brent, with Bryce Young coming in here now, and this is the guy that everybody's high on when you talk about... Dual threat quarterbacks, athleticism, big arm. He, much like Mac Jones, Bryce Young, being compared to, to a of Maloa. And when you talk to, of course, Alabama fans and in terms of national media and college football media, people have this idea that in today's day and age of football, you have to be mobile, you have to be athletic, you have to be able to run. If you don't run, you're more or less handicapping or hindering your team from getting to, I guess, that next level and competing for championships. Now, I got a chance to talk to former Alabama safety Jarrett Maiden a couple of days ago, and Jarrett right now preparing for the NFL draft, and he basically touched on how Nick Saban does not really care much about mobility. I mean, his whole thing is as long as you can put the ball in the right spot, Lead receivers with pinpoint passing, play within the system, play within yourself, you know, not make mistakes. If you have to pull the ball down and get four to five yards with your legs, do what you have to do, kind of be that Jacob Coker, Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron type deal. You don't have to be just uberly athletic, just hearing that from jared maiden but when you hear from people that just talk about because you know max not athletic max not a dual threat this is going up hinder alabama what do you say to that sort of statement
1: well my my reply to that is uh the uh, i still think the number one thing in a quarterback is accuracy and, and look, I've told people that about Tua. Uh, that uh, that the reality is, and, and again, Tua needs to get rid of the ball quicker. Uh, and, and if he does, he'll have a long pro career. But the thing that makes a quarterback special is to be able to hit a receiver in stride, and I think Mac can do that uh, also. And to the to the people who criticize Mac for. Um, for his running ability, uh, I think he's a better runner than he's given credit for. And, I, and that's what I kind of heard from the the NFL writers where if he needs to put his head down to get a, a hard two yards, he could do that. And there have been times where he's been able to get out uh, around the corner on a scramble and pick up a first down uh, that uh, what was longer than than say third and short something of that nature. So I would agree uh, w- w- with uh, w- what you heard from Maiden is uh, it, that, uh, that 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 Matt can certainly do that. And I think also for 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 Bryce Young Stephen. Hurt him not to have a spring Uh, now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the thing that hurt, the thing that helps Mac is he's had springs and he's had seasons. Bryce Young is, and the best thing they could do right now and again, so many different things can happen, it would be for Mac Jones to start the season at quarterback and then bring uh, Bryce Young along slowly, or to Leo, whoever won, uh, as far as the backup is concerned. But, but and you alluded to this early on, that's what's hurt not only Bryce, but these other players is not having a spring when he handicaps these freshmen.
0: It does, and like I said, in particular, you know, Bryce Young, just seeing how if you have 15 practices in spring, including the A-Day game, you have a chance to show coaches, players, and fans that you are the guy, that you are the man, that you can definitely run the system. And uh, without having a spring and us as people kind of in a wait-and-see limbo-type moment, it really does hold back or it really does hold or limit these freshmen from doing what they really want to do, which is play football. But the, uh, the the last thought here that I have for you, Brent, is among the other freshmen and redshirt freshmen at Alabama, especially those guys from the Florida area, when you talk uh, Bayou Jones-Vale at wide receiver, a uh, Trey Sanders at running back, uh, a Robinson at defensive back, How many of these guys from the Florida area that either came in the 2019 class or in the 2020 class, of course, not named Evan Neal, we're already seeing the impact that Evan Neal is having thus far. But who are the guys in this 2019 and 2020 class for Alabama from that Florida area that you look at and you see really being big for years to come?
1: Well, obviously, uh, pre May tune in late. We've touched on Tim Smith, and I think we know uh what that's what that's going to be um and, and i'm just going to th- i'm going to throw a few names out uh kind of regardless of of proximity at this point i think will anderson uh is going to be terrific along that line drew sanders is too uh what's going to be amazing to me is is where he ends up as as well as christian story uh, along that way too, so uh, I think those those are some guys that uh, that just off the top of my head uh, who are who are in different places who I think are going to be very impressive and uh, in, in kind of see where that's going to be uh, at this point too. So look, uh, you know, look look for some of those guys. Bama will continue to do well. Uh, I think in recruiting the state, what's going to be interesting now is going to be uh, with Mike Norvell here at Florida State. Uh, is he going to be able to keep some of these guys that Bama may have been looking at uh, at this point too? So uh, it will, will be fascinating to see where that goes. Uh, and, and, and again, the sooner the sooner we get back to business here, brother, the better we're all going to be.
0: Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. We're joined here live by my man Brent Baird, who is the college football analyst for First Coast News of Jacksonville, Florida, part of the ABC, NBC stations. You can follow him on Twitter at Brent Baird. And one thing to know about him, my good friend is a Heisman voter. So for all you Heisman frontrunners out there, hey, do well to get that vote from Brent Baird. But uh, Brent, my man, I appreciate you taking time for... Join us on again, and we're going to have you on soon.
1: Well, listen, I look forward to it. Uh, Stay well. Uh, Hopefully we can beat this thing very quickly. So, uh, certainly prayers for you guys as you uh, deal with it like we are too, Stephen. And and, and the more more we can stay put, the quicker we can get back on the field.
0: Right on with that, my man, right on. Hey, appreciate you coming on, man. Have a good one.
1: My pleasure. Anytime. Take care.